Sometimes the outside of something looks really great, but the inside doesn't measure up. We had that experience just several years ago when we moved to the area and we were looking at houses. So, you know, you look at houses, you look first at the pictures on the internet, and then you go and you have a walkthrough, and maybe from the outside of the house, looks great, curb appeal, get inside, walk through, still, you know, things have been updated, looks really nice. And so you, you say, wow, this, this looks like a great place. I'm going to put an offer on this. And then comes the inspection. So then the inspection starts to dig, you know, down deep, dig past the surface. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience. We've walked away from houses because of things that got found during the inspection that we didn't see initially. So our house currently, like one of the things that was found that we didn't see initially was mold in the attic. So that had to be dealt with because somebody had put the dryer vent out into the attic, go figure. And so, you know, sometimes you'll find termites. Sometimes you'll find a major mechanical issue like the air conditioning that's going to cost a lot. So these things that you don't see on the surface, but they, they are underneath. And so it, it's harder actually usually to fix the things that are under the surface. That's why we don't fix them as, as often. I mean, it's easier to spend time on the externals. I mean, this is something that our culture is, is really good at. I mean, we spend time uh, putting on makeup. We spend time working out our bodies. We spend time doing renovations on our houses so that we can post all of those things on social media, right? So that everybody can look at our highlight reel and see how well, boy, they're awesome, man. It looks like they got everything together. Meanwhile, we're skimping on the internal stuff, Meanwhile, we're, we, we may try to look good on the outside, but maybe we're eating junk or maybe we're not resolving conflicts in our relationships because that is hard work. I mean, it's a whole lot easier to say as long as everything looks good on the outside, then everything's going okay because some of that stuff is really, really hard. This is a problem that permeates every part of our lives, including our relationship with God. I mean, it's a whole lot easier to, to do stuff to try to impress God, like, like going to church or like giving to charity or like giving time to, to serve. God, look, I'm, I'm busy for you. Meanwhile, internally, we, we know we've got problems with anger. We, we know that maybe at work we're fudging some of those numbers just a little bit to make our, our quarter look better or we're struggling with lust. I mean, it's, it's very easy to have a disconnect between what we portray on the outside and what is actually going on on the inside. And people outside of the church have a word for people like that who have that disconnect. And you know the word probably, it's hypocrite. And so maybe you're here from Family Fun Fest and maybe you've been out of church for a long time and you're a little bit cautious, a little bit suspicious about coming to church because you're, you're too used to the fact that uh, some people put up a, a front when inside there's something different going on. And if, if you do have a problem with hypocrites, then you're in good company because Jesus really had a problem with hypocrites as well. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage where Jesus challenges some people who were all about the outside and not giving attention to the inside. And Jesus challenges them and us to get beyond the surface and look at what is most important. So if you would look at Luke chapter 11 with me, that's where we're going to be this morning. 
If you don't have a Bible with you, there's one on a seat close to you. And Luke 11 is on page 964. You can use your device if you've got a Bible app on there. Um, but we're doing something this summer that uh, we're continuing something we've been doing in the previous several summers as we walk through the book of Luke passage by passage. And so if you are new to Grace Point, then you can get caught up by going home this afternoon or this week and reading Luke chapter 1 to 11. You'll be caught up then to where we, we are in these next uh, few months. So Jesus' ministry went through multiple seasons. As he began his ministry, he was enormously popular and magnetic. I mean, he was doing miracles. He was teaching like no one had ever taught before. And he was, just, he was drawing the crowds. He was doing really well. And then he started saying some things that weren't quite as popular. And the tide started to turn. And we looked at that last summer. And by the time we get to Luke chapter 11, Jesus is in full-out confrontation with some people around him. And, and it may surprise you to know that the people he was in confrontation with were not the people that we normally look at and say, these are like bad people, immoral people, prostitutes, crooks, robbers. I mean, he, he wasn't going after those people in a confrontational way. Who he was confronting were the most religious people of his day. And so he went against the grain. That's why we've called this series Against the Grain because he was definitely going against the, the people of his day. So we're going to start in verse 37 of Luke 11. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him, so he went in and reclined at table. Okay, we're kind of dropping into the middle of a scene here, so I need to, to back up and give you the context. While Jesus was speaking, what was Jesus speaking about? Well, if we go up to verse 29, we get an idea. When the crowds were increasing, again, part of his popularity, Jesus began to say, this generation is an evil generation. Okay, that's a, nobody likes to hear that. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. See, Jesus... Uh, has a problem with people who do not recognize him as God's messenger. And so he says this, this generation is evil. He gives a warning in verse 35. Be careful lest the light in you be darkness. Jesus is really starting to get in the grill of people who don't receive his message. And so in the midst of that, this Pharisee invites Jesus to dinner. Verse 38, the Pharisee was astonished to see that Jesus did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without knowing it. 
So it helps to understand here even some of this confrontation if we, if we spend a few moments thinking about who the Pharisees were. So in Jesus' day, as in our day, there was a, there was a spectrum, there was a gamut of perspective on on how to have a relationship with God, and specifically what the holy texts, what the scriptures, what, what our attitude is going to be towards the scriptures. So there's some people, there's some people in every generation that just dismiss the scripture and the idea of a scripture, the idea that God would ever have spoken to us. Some people just dismiss that completely. Yeah, God hasn't spoken. I'm just going to make my own way. But for those who do recognize that there's something different about scriptures. There's a, there's a gamut of perspective on that. So at one end of, of the gamut is, yes, I recognize that God spoke in some way, but this is not all to be taken literally. And so I take liberty with how I interpret this and, and which things I need to obey. There's people in every generation that, that do that. And, and that we have to take these things and filter them through our culture's lens and figure out which things apply today and which things don't. There's always been people like that. So that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is, is the one that says, no, God spoke everything in this book. I, I'm gonna take this literally from God and I'm gonna figure out how do I apply this? How do I live this out in my life? That's the end where the Pharisees were. In their day, they took the scriptures very seriously. They memorized much of it. They were kind of obsessive about following those commands. And I just have to pause here for a second to say, if you're wondering where, if you're new to Grace Point, you wonder where we fall on that gamut, we're gonna fall on that spectrum closer to the Pharisees than anywhere else. Because we take the scriptures very seriously. We believe that God spoke these, that there's no mistakes here, and that we need to figure out how do we apply this in our life today. So that in and of itself is not a bad thing. But there can be bad things that come along with that that we need to be very cautious about that we will see as we continue here. So the Pharisee invites Jesus to dinner, which is a big deal because in the ancient Near East and the Middle East, um, even today in the Middle East, it's a big deal to invite someone to eat with you. I mean, that's an intimate setting. That's a bonding kind of setting. So this is a big deal for this Pharisee to invite Jesus over. And in verse 38, the Pharisee was astonished to see that Jesus did not first wash before dinner. Why? Why would he be astonished? Is he concerned that Jesus you know, is gonna have germs on his hands and he needs to get them off? No, this is not about germs. This is about a ceremonial process that the Pharisees would follow before they ate. They, they were very careful about how they washed before they ate. They were so careful. So, so they had these rules that you, you needed to wash with a certain amount of water and using certain kinds of dishes and vessels, and even how you poured the water. There were rules about all of this. So when Jesus blows past all of that and just starts eating, they're, they're going, wow, what is going on here? Why are you being disobedient? And so what the, the, the reality is about these rules is that these rules didn't come from the scriptures. So remember, the Pharisees are really careful about the scriptures. There's no, there's no law, there's no command in here to wash before a meal. But here's what the Pharisees did. They saw 
in the scripture, they saw in the Torah, they saw people washing before the meals. They saw that it was said that people washed. So for example, in Genesis chapter 19, Abraham entertains some, some men who is, is actually God coming in the form of men to visit him and he offers them a meal and it says he brought them water to wash before, before the meal. So it's not a command, but it's something that they saw happen. And so the Pharisees would see this thing happen and they would say, well, if, they, if Abraham did it, then we should do it. And not only should we do it, we should do it really carefully. And so they added all of these rules. It's amazing how adept religious people are at coming up with extra rules to things. So I, I gave an example a couple of weeks ago. We talked about alcohol. And so there's, there is a command. There are numerous commands in the scripture about not getting drunk. Because when we get drunk, we have lost our control. We have lost our ability to reason and make decisions. And that's when all kinds of more bad things can happen. So God says, I want you always to be submitted to me, not to submit your will to anything or anyone else. And so there's a command to not be drunk. And what some have done is to say, we, we are so committed to not being drunk and not breaking that command that we're going to back up way up over here and we're going to say, you can't even drink. You can't even drink alcohol at all. Some have backed up even further than that and they've said, okay, you can't drink like even soft drinks or caffeine or whatever. So we've added, people have added all of these rules. Now, I will say that it's a good idea for some people who are very predisposed to become drunk. It's a good idea for them to back way over here. And that, that's not a bad thing to impose that kind of a discipline on yourself and that kind of a rule on yourself. Here's the problem is when people then start making that rule apply to everybody. See, every one of us has areas where we are prone to break God's commands and we all need to find ways that we say, I need to discipline myself. I need to make sure I stand way back over here, but I'm not going to put those rules that need to apply to me on everybody else, which is what the Pharisees have done. And so that's why the Pharisee is astonished. And so Jesus responds, Verse 39, the Lord said to him, now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give his alms those things that are within and behold, everything is clean for you. See, Jesus says in a nutshell, clean the inside before the outside. See, don't be so worried about what the external looks like before you give attention to what's on the inside. Because if you, if you give attention to the inside first, you're more likely then to clean the outside. But it's really easy to give only attention to the outside and never really get to the inside. Jesus loved object lessons. And so he's, we picture him reclining at a table and there's all these dishes on the table. And so he points to a dish and says, you know, you're worried about cleaning the outside of the dish, but what if the inside of the dish is dirty? I mean, for me personally, if I had to choose, I'd, I'd rather have the inside of the dish be clean, even if the outside is a little bit dirty. If I'm eating out of it, and he's pointing to these men and he's saying, you guys are so consumed with the outside that you're, the inside is dirty and you should be giving attention to that. And, and he says, Verse 41, give as alms those things that are within. 
and then behold, everything is clean for you. Give as alms is a reference to being generous to the needy. It was a primary way in the ancient Jewish mind to think about connecting with God. It's, it's doing something that nobody else is gonna see, but you're, you're giving of what God has given to you to help someone else. And, and he, Jesus is confronting the Pharisees. He says, inside, in verse 39, inside of your dish, you are full of greed and wickedness. That, that word greed, we could also think of extortion. And wickedness is just sinfulness. And, and Jesus is saying, you're, you're greedy and you're trying to hoard the resources that God has given to you. Let go of them. Let go of what you're trying to hold on to and bless somebody else. And that's a way for you to begin cleaning the inside instead of just being focused on all of these external rules. It's a lot easier to clean the outside than it is the inside, to focus on the outside than the inside. I'm gonna rant here for, for just a minute because this is wedding season. And some of you have heard me do this before and you'll hear me do it again and I'm gonna do it. Because so many people spend so much time, so much money, so much effort preparing for a wedding and so little time, effort, investment, investing in their marriage. Okay, so the marriage, the, the wedding, I don't care you know, how much effort you put into it, it's gonna last for a couple of hours. Your, your marriage is intended to last for the rest of your life. And so I think one of the reasons that marriages don't last very long these days is because of all of this focus on the day and let's impress everybody and all of our, fam our family and friends, all these people. I mean, that, that's what it's all about. And can I just tell you, I'd rather you have a simple wedding with simple food, if you have food, whatever, just make it simple, but invest in the marriage ahead of time. I, I was just after first service when I shared that in first service, somebody came up and shared with me that this does actually happen. And there's, there's a, a couple that just got married a few weeks ago and they, they made the commitment for every hour we spend planning our wedding, we will spend an hour investing in our relationship. May their tribe increase. I'm done with my rant, but you'll hear it again some, someday. <laughs> See, we need to focus on the unseen and the inside first. And then many times the outside will take care of itself. This is what the gospel is all about. This is what Jesus came to do is to change us from the inside out. Because we, we can't fully, we, we can't do all the externals. We, it's impossible for us to follow the commands that God has given us perfectly. His, his standard is too high for us. And so if we get all occupied trying to do the external stuff without dealing with the internal and saying, Jesus, I'm messed up on the inside. I need you to change that. And we can't change that ourselves. We can't change the inclinations of our heart away from sin towards God. We can't do that ourselves. We need Jesus to do that. We need to experience forgiveness. I love that song. On my heart, this word is written, forgiven. What, what more hope could we have than that God has forgiven us, cleansed us on the inside to equip us and empower us then to change on the outside? So Jesus confronts the inside versus outside thing. Then he describes two specific ways that we can prioritize the cleansing of our inside. The first is to pursue justice and love, not legalism. So in verse 42, 
He says, woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So tithing was a legitimate part of the law, of the Hebrew law. It's still a legitimate thing for us to pursue, to give a percentage back to God out of what he has given to us. Give a percentage off the top, first fruits. God, I'm giving you the first and best of what you've given to me to honor you with that by faith. That's still, a, that's a legitimate thing. But what these Pharisees were doing is they were so occupied with every little thing. So they're, they're tithing their, their herbs that they grow in their garden and not that, and Jesus says, don't stop doing that. But he says, you have neglected justice and the love of God. Isn't it interesting that a lot of the rules that we make up and that we, we follow are about things and stuff and items and objects. And then we neglect justice and the love of God, which works itself out in relationship and people. That's because relationships are harder than stuff. It's a lot easier to measure tangible things than it is to pursue love and justice. But Jesus, Jesus says, you don't, don't lose the tithing. That's not a bad thing, but you need to not neglect justice and the love of God. So we need to ask ourselves, am I, in the way I live, in the way I treat people, am I promoting justice? Am I promoting love? Am I promoting justice, not judgmentalism? There's a difference between justice and judgmentalism. Judgmentalism is about what I think is right and about what I think you should be doing. Justice is about what does God think is right and how can I help someone else experience freedom instead of um, legalism and, and rule keeping. I'm excited because we, we've been talking for months now about the focus process and our global outreach over the next three to five years. And so we have narrowed the, the places in the world that we feel like God may be leading us to, to, to two. So we've got two options at this point. And the places that we're thinking about going are, nope, I'm not going to tell you. So you have to come to the business meeting to find that out, okay? The reveal is happening. Steve's going to give us the reveal at the business meeting. And then we're, we're also going to have a blog post that goes out a little bit later with that information. But here's what I'm excited about. And what I can tell you is that both of those options have to do with justice and have to do with helping people who are oppressed, who have been taken advantage of, and whatever God leads us to, however he narrows it and leads us, we will have an opportunity to be invested in coming and, and helping other people get free from the oppression that other people have put on, on their backs. And so I'm, I'm excited for you to find out about that and for us to, to find out what God exactly has for us. Jesus says to bring justice and love alongside of your tithing. The other way to clean our inside is to pursue humility and not recognition. So in verse 43, he says, woe to you Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without knowing it. Sorry, I read too far. Verse 43, you love the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. So there are some people, especially, this is a special danger for, for those of us who are in public positions of, of leadership. Some, some of us just crave pats on the back. 
We, we just honestly, we just like the recognition. And, and it gets really dangerous when we start playing to those pats on the back. And we start doing things and making decisions so that people will like us, support us, encourage us, instead of what does God want us to be doing. And if I can just be vulnerable with you for a minute and just share something that God has been impressing on, on my heart lately. He's, he's been impressing on me not to be so obsessed with perfection, but to pursue devotion. I, I tend to really like perfection. I like things done a certain way. I like things neat and clean and orderly. And, and that, that goes for, you know, my, my office. It goes for, you know, stuff at home. Good luck with that at home. And, you know, with my kids, you know, leaving stuff all over the place. But I, I like things to be neat. And then it comes to here, like how we do things on Sunday morning. And we want things, you know, at a certain standard. And so there's a, there's a real temptation to pursue perfection. Because a lot of times perfection then will get pats on the back. Wow, wasn't that great? And didn't that go well? And the Lord's just really been impressing on me. It's not about the perfection because, I mean, honestly, like really, when is anything ever perfect? So it's not about pursuing that. It's about what's going on on the inside. Dave, I want your devotion. I want your heart. And then I'll take care of what happens on, on the outside. I want to, and I want us to care more about our heart link to God than what other people see on the outside of us. That'll take care of itself. So Jesus ends with something that he knew would rattle the Pharisees in verse 44. Woe to you, for you're like unmarked graves and people walk over them without knowing it. So there was an Old Testament law that you could not touch a dead body or if you did, you would be unclean and you would need to, to go through a washing, right? All this started with washing. And so Jesus is saying to them, you're like unmarked graves. He says, not only are you not clean, you're polluting the people that you think you're helping. You're polluting the people who think they're looking at you and finding out how they're supposed to live. I mean, nothing could have rattled their cages more. And so this is Jesus going against the grain. I mean, this, this is Jesus, in my kids' words, being savage, okay? He, he's like not holding back here because there's so much at stake. And if this sounds harsh, we should remember that Jesus came full of grace and truth. So sometimes the truth is harsh, especially when we are off base. The truth is harsh and it's hard to hear. But Jesus came full of that truth because he was wanting to bring grace. When he gets in our grill and when he challenges us, it is because he wants us to change. He wants our hearts to be softened. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us in a real relationship with God. And he brings that truth because to ignore it to soft pedal things and just kind of pretend that everything is okay results in catastrophic consequences for us as individuals and for those we influence. Jesus is talking to men who influence a lot of people. The consequences are, are dire and that's why he's in their face and he calls them to clean the inside before the outside. Okay, so let's bring this down to brass tacks. I'm gonna get in your grill a little bit here this morning. I'm gonna ask you a question that I've asked before and I'll ask it again. But I want you to think about your own life and think how much time do you spend on the externals 
compared to what you spend on the internal. So your morning routine, shower, brushing your teeth, hair, some, for some of us that doesn't take very long, but you know, whatever your morning routine is to get yourself ready for your day, for the externals, how much are you spending on that compared to what are you spending cultivating the, the inside? Now, please don't stop doing the external, okay? Please don't stop taking a shower, okay? I'm not asking you to do that. So keep doing those things, but ask yourself, how much am I concerned about what other people see versus what's going on in my heart that is connected to God? So if you need help getting started spending that time cultivating your your inner life, then a great resource for you is uh, an app for your phone called YouVersion. So a Bible app that has the entire Bible on it, has tons of devotionals to help you get your day started looking to the Lord, asking yourself, how am I doing with you, God, bringing your heart before him? That's a great resource for you. We also have uh, these starter kits out at our starting place. And so you can pick one of these up. This gives you some Bible reading plans, some devotionals, some direction in terms of how to get started in cultivating more time, spending more time thinking about what's going on inside before the outside. I want to invite you to join me in pursuing devotion over perfection, in pursuing justice over rules, and in pursuing humility over recognition. Jesus said three times here, uh, woe to you Pharisees. I, I don't know about you, I don't wanna hear Jesus say woe to me. I wanna hear him say, well done. Let's pray. Father, um, we thank you that sometimes you get in our face and sometimes you challenge us because when we are off base, that is the most loving thing for you to do is to call us to repentance, call us to change, call us to change what is on the inside so that then the outside can catch up with that instead of being obsessed with what's on the outside that other people see when what we really need to be concerned about is what you see. And so, Lord, we thank you for Jesus' words here this morning. We thank you for his confrontation because we know that in his confrontation, there is hope that there can be change. And so, Lord, help us not to move in the direction of being a Pharisee that just tries to follow rules and even adds rules on top of rules that weren't your rules and tries to get other people to follow the rules. Help us not to be obsessed with those things, but to bring our heart, Lord, to you, to, to bring our heart, oh God, fully, completely to you. Lord, I pray for the person who is here this morning who maybe has been trying to live up to some kind of image on the outside that doesn't involve you and doesn't have you on their inside. Lord, I pray that today would be a day that they would invite Christ into their life and to understand that he is the one who comes and makes us new from the inside out. So Lord, help us, strengthen us in this week to come. Help us not to be taken in by the image conscious obsession of the world around us but to withdraw into your presence and to cultivate what's most important to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.